everyone, it's Melissa. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Angle Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. So this week, I had the pleasure of sitting down virtually with Kirby Hosband, who is, in my opinion, synonymous in the promotional products industry with good quality content marketing. So Kirby is such a good dude, and his work ethic is unmatched in this industry. So since I had an hour to chat with him, I wanted to go behind the scenes of his content marketing empire and talk about his podcasts, blogs, social media, the mindset hacks that he's developed to stay consistent and reach his goals as a professional. Also, how he went from practicing traditional sales to meshing that with inbound and content marketing for success and how that has provided him a platform built on trust, credibility, and authority in this industry. So it's a really fun episode. So let's dive in and get into it. Kirby, you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. I am so excited and so flattered to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited that you came on because I'm like, I have like, I've wanted to interview for so long. So when you said yes, I was like, oh, I have so many questions. This is going to be such a fun episode. So thank you for giving me some of your time this Wednesday. Absolutely. I love what you guys are doing. I mean, all of ASI, but I love what you're doing on social media. So it's an honor. Well, thank you so much for the compliment. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, I feel like you are so prolific with the content that you create in this industry and you have been so consistent. I feel like that is one of the secrets really from an outside perspective to your success, but for maybe for somebody who's new to this industry and still kind of learning some of the big players in marketing, can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself, how you got started? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I own a, a distributorship here uh, in Coshocton, Ohio, Hosmer okay. Marketing. Um, and uh, so distributorship, I kind of entrepreneurial. I've had a couple other companies as well. And then um, we do, uh, some folks know us because we do, I do Delivering Marketing Joy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a yep. weekly web show. I do a podcast with Bill Petrie called Promo Upfront. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> thank you. And uh, and then with blogging, I'm a big believer in content marketing. And so I think we create content that hopefully uh, resonates with our customers, but some of it's very personal development as well. So um, I think the industry has really taken a shine to it as well, which is super flattering. Yeah, it's nice to see kind of the mix because I feel like now um, the kind of model that you're using to promote yourself and your business in this industry is much more widely embraced than what it originally was. And there is still some people who, you know, kind of shy away from creating content or it's maybe a process that just feels overwhelming to them because they don't know where to start with so many options. But I feel like the cool thing for you is like how you've really set yourself apart has been through that personal development. Mm -hmm. element like that like flavor is cool because I think people look for that like they want something that's going to inspire and motivate them Mm -hmm. as business professionals but yeah well I always say that sometimes the two two things that come to mind number one Bill Petrie and I talk about this all the time we are not a great uh, decider of what's really going to resonate right Uh, so it's one of the reasons we preach consistency so much because I don't know what 
is going to go really well or really poorly. Sometimes I write a blog post that I think everybody's going to love and then nobody cares. And then <laughs> I, I, I write, uh, I write so something. Crushing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, this is going to change the world. No <laughs> one, like no one, no one cares. Uh, but then on the other side, um, I'll write something fairly quickly and I just put it out there and it really resonates. And I say that to say that I think sometimes we self edit ourselves when we're creating content. And sometimes it's just a matter of putting another one out there. Um, and, but the other side of that, the personal development side that you referenced is I think sometimes the best content is the content that I needed to hear that day. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes I'm writing it for my daughter or I'm writing it for oh. me. Uh, and, and so it's like the, that sort of content often is the stuff that resonates with me. And, and I find that it resonates with um, the folks who are watching. And it, ultimately, if I'm providing value, then usually it, it ends up on the right side of things. Yeah, 100% value being that keyword, no matter what it is, if it's valuable to your audience, like you'll get traction. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, um, because you are such a huge proponent of content marketing, I mm -hmm. find it interesting because that wasn't always kind of your approach to sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so cool you made a pivot and you've integrated both. So kind of can you explain like what your process was prior to leaning in and maybe what sparked your evolution to try new things, especially content marketing. Yeah, no, I, I love this question. So thanks for doing your research, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, so I, I, like a lot of folks, I mean, I got into the business and I wasn't necessarily planning to go down this path. And when I got in, I left a, a, a good job. I had a salary and benefits, there was even daycare. And oh, wow. so, and, and I left to go into straight commission sales because, you know, you, you start to realize how entrepreneurial you are. I, I wanted to do this, but at the time I had a mortgage, I had a baby, I, you know, I was married. I'm like, I can't fail. And so I say that to say that, man, when I went out, I, or I started, I was, I was the traditional I went, I drove my car to an industrial park. I, I knocked on every door. I did cold calls. I, I mean, there were times where I, I wouldn't go home if I didn't sell an order because I'm like, I can't, this can't not work. <laughs> and so when I was looking around and, and, and that worked well for me, right? I did well. I would go with the catalog or the flyer and I would uh, knock on every door and I would, you know, sell the special of pens over and over and over again. And then I started looking around at other industries, right? And the people who I was paying attention to, the people whose videos I was watching, the, the blogs I was reading, and I kind of realized that the, the thought leaders in all of those areas were creating content of some kind. And again, this is 10 years ago. And I started looking around going, do I always want to be this guy? Do I always want to be the guy who is going to the industrial park and, um, you know, just trying to make the next sale or do I want to be the kind of person where people seek me out? Because I realized that the, the thought leaders that I was following, I was seeking them out. If they had something to sell, they built trust with me. I was buying because they were providing me so much value. And so I sort of started modeling it after that. And to be honest with you, Melissa, like I, I tried a bunch of stuff. Like I, I threw a blog at the wall. I threw a video at the wall and it was like, I had, you know, sputtering ideas of success. Um, you know, maybe one blog post would do well and then the next one wouldn't and you get discouraged and you'd say, well, maybe blogging doesn't work, right? right. <laughs> and, and I think where the magic happened was when I finally decided, look, it was the biggest piece was delivering marketing joy. And that's where I had seen 
a statistic, I think it was from Gary Vaynerchuk who said that the average web show doesn't get to episode five. And so I said, well, heck with that, I'm gonna start with five in the can and see, you know, so that I can at least get to that number. And that allowed me to really start um, building some momentum. And that consistency is where the magic happens. And I think so many people quit with content before the good part. And so that's, I think that's one of the ways I made that transition is going from that traditional, you know, knock on the doors to wanting to create content was by just going, look, where do I want to be in 10 years? And um, that's like kind of reverse engineered it from there, if that makes sense. 100%. And I actually wanted to kind of pick apart what you said, because I feel like that piece of you're trying something and you don't get instant gratification, right? Like you're like, I, I took four hours to research, write this blog, edit it, the nice multimedia and images are embedded. It's like, I can't wait to just have all those leads or contacts come in. Yeah. It's like crickets, zero view, zero page, like traffic. Mm -hmm. And it's just heartbreaking. But I feel like people don't always have a great benchmark for measuring success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also part of the problem. It's not necessarily that they're people who are like flighty or flaky or just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to bounce to the same thing. It's like, they just don't know how to measure. So for you, like, the successful integration between traditional sales and inbound marketing, you know, and content marketing, which you do really well, like for you to keep that consistency going, that motivation, how are you benchmarking your success? Yeah. You know, I think um, it, it's funny when I first started DMJ and I think I, I kind of go back to that because it's a lot easier for me, you know, 350 episodes in, I can say, oh yeah, it's done this and it's done this and it's yeah. done this, but 10 episodes in, it was really hard to, to, and I remember, and I can't remember what episode it was, but Roger Burnett, I don't know if you know Roger, but he came mm -hmm. on my show as a guest and the Great way guy. we started. Yeah, absolutely. The way I used to format the show is I would ask the guest three questions and they would ask me one question. And on the, on the show, he asked me, why are you doing this? What is your ROI? What, what do you hope to gain from it? And I remember saying to him, I don't know, but I, I don't know what the ROI is. I just know this is the right thing. And so I need to stick okay. with it, right? And I think the Seth Godin like answered this like a year or so ago in his book, This Is Marketing, better than I've ever answered it. And I think what I've come to realize over five or six years of it is it's how you measure it, right? What we want to do with content marketing is we want to measure it like direct marketing. And it's not direct marketing. It's more brand marketing, right? Yeah. So brand marketing being your Super Bowl ad. Coca-Cola doesn't expect you to leave the Super Bowl party when you see that ad and run out and buy Coke, right? Yeah. They, they're raising your brand awareness. So the next time you're at the, the grocery store, you buy it. But both direct marketing and uh, brand marketing are really important. But if you try to measure brand marketing using direct marketing metrics, it will always fail. Yep. And so I think it's important when you go on a content journey that you realize that it's like, this is brand marketing. And if, you know, the good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, that somebody clicks on this and they come and buy the pen that you're talking about, that's great. But I think in the first six to 12 months, you are going to be frustrated if you measure it specifically based on that. I think the, the analogy I always use, Melissa, is that content marketing is a lot like fitness. Yeah. right? 
right? So the first couple of weeks, like you, you're really enthusiastic and you, you go after it. But after two weeks, you're like, well, I don't have six pack abs and I'm really <laughs> sore. <laughs> right? I don't want to do I eat pizza all the time. <laughs> That's right. This hurts. I don't want to do this shit anymore. Um, and so um, I think that the people in a fitness plan, right? The yeah. People who keep going for 90 days or 120 days or those are the ones that see those the incremental difference over the great period of time. And I think content marketing is the same thing. You just got to show up and do the sit-ups every, every day. And if you do that six months down the road, you're going to look and go, oh, I'm glad I kept going. Um, and I think, and, and I'll tell you a super quick story. Um, the probably 20 episodes in, uh, Mark Graham set up an interview. So he and I got the opportunity to interview Seth Godin. Um, and it was, Seth Godin is a hero of mine. This was a big deal. And we're getting ready to do the podcast. And it was a live streaming podcast. And again, this was probably six years ago. This, that wasn't happening all the time. Um, and right before the podcast started, Mark was sort of introducing us. And, and mm-hmm. Seth said, oh, yeah, I've seen your delivering marketing joy, which I about fell out of my chair. Um, and he said to me right then, he said, hey, keep that up. In three years, you'll be glad you did. Now, like I said, I was at episode 20. I don't think I had 21 done, right? Like, but it encouraged me with a little perspective. Like Seth has been writing a blog post for however many years, every single day. Um, he didn't get there on day seven, right? Or day 20. It, it, it's that all showing up, showing up, showing up. And over time, it almost always pays off. What a cool story. No, I think that's so awesome. And I think like kind of to delve into your answer is like, it felt not only right to you, but it's like, you also got those nods of encouragement yeah. and then you were committed. Like you honored the commitment that you made to yourself and your business, which I think is a big thing as well as like, sometimes change doesn't always feel good in the moment, but it it's sure like, you know, like, everybody wants the results, but it's like, you know, if we could all like, I mean, you know, let's be honest. If there was like an easy button for some of the stuff that I did in my day, like I would press it, like yeah. and still get the result. Like I'm not going to sit here and lie, but I think that that's so cool that that is the mindset that you have. And I think mindset hacks as well, you know, going back into personal development has definitely been part of the key to your success. Mm-hmm. So for you, you know, overall the consistency piece, like we talked about it feeling right, you know, getting that validation, you know, from our peers kind of like not necessarily relying on it, but then also on the days when it's hard being like, you know, I made this commitment. I have this goal. Where do I want to be in the next couple of years? Do I still want to be going door to door? You know, maybe I want to see my family a couple of nights of the week, (laughs) you know, not be hustling out there all the time. So that being said, like, was there other mindset hacks or practices or strategies or things like that that really aided you, you know, when those times were tough to keep going? Yeah, I think one of the things over the past, you know, few years, whether it's through, you know, business or content creation, a question I got a lot was how do you, you know, when do you sleep? You know, what are you yeah. doing? And, and I you really, a robot? How's this yeah. happening? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and when you get like that, then all of a sudden you start to, I think, try to study how can I be more productive and how can I be more effective? Okay. And so for me, I started to really do like, um, really do studying of productivity and what was good and what worked for me. And I, and I think that last part's really important because we all read those books that say, okay, if you're going to work out in the morning, then you need to roll right out of bed. You have to you have your stuff laid out 
and uh, your shoes are thing, you know, you got the whole plan. And I can tell you right now that if I do that, I'll keep that up for a week and then I'll stop because I hate rolling out of bed and just starting working out right away. And so understanding the science of productivity and that mindset that you're talking about, but then mapping it to your behavior. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's really powerful. So for me, that doesn't work. But I do want to work out first thing in the morning or in the morning because of my mindset. It helps, helps you know, create uh, creative thinking and that sort of thing. But what I found is if I get up, have two cups of coffee, maybe write a little bit, watch, you know, do a, a, you know, take in some good stuff. Then after that second cup of coffee, I actually feel like working out. Mm-hmm. And so I combined with I want to do it first thing in the morning, but not right as I walk. You know, I, I created a lifestyle that I would be able to keep up. Right. And then once I did that, it became a habit and it became a routine. And that's when I I mean, I get a lot done in the first three hours of my day. Um, And I think that allows me to do that piece, the content piece and that sort of thing. So that, that when I come to work, I can actually do the sales piece and the work piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. It's, It's about batching, I think, so many times. Oh my God. No, I love like batch work is where it's at 100%. But I, I mean, going into, to what you're saying is it's like a framework, right? Like you're looking Mm -hmm. for inspiration. You're trying to, you know, like live a self-actualized life. Like you're trying to get to the next level, that ideal that you have in your head of who you want to be as a person and as like a business owner. And I think like, I've also made that mistake is where it's like, I'll look for inspiration or framework or some type of system or process. And I take it so literally that I'm like, you know, I don't understand like why I can't do these 12 steps in a day. Like it lists in the book. And it's kind of just like you said, it's like, you know, being real with yourself as a person of like what you'll actually commit to and not letting it be an excuse to you to backslide, to not get where you want to go. But, you know, also too, as well, just being like you said, like, you know, you can be a productive morning person if that's your goal, but maybe if you know, like you need those 10 minutes to orient yourself, getting up out of bed, like you're not going to just start like busting out pushups as soon as you wake up, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I think perfection is, is the enemy. Um, yeah. so many, yeah, so many things. I think we hold ourselves back. You mentioned, why can't I do these 12 steps? Like yeah. I, 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 there's so many journeys that never begin mm-hmm. because people are like, oh, that would never work for me. And, and I think one thing that has, yeah. this is a fairly recent epiphany for me is that I have a treadmill down in my basement. Um, and so what I've found is my decision to work out isn't when I'm in the basement. Once I get to the basement, I always work out. Always. I've never walked down to the basement and then gone, nah, I don't feel like it. I'm going back up. It's, I make the decision upstairs. Yeah. Once I walk down the stairs, I'm doing the thing I know I'm supposed to do. The decision point, the breaking point, good or bad is upstairs. And understanding in your own life where that decision point is or where you're going to get the hiccup can be really powerful. Like I've read a ton of like a, a ton of times where somebody would be like, okay, once I get in the cab to go to the gym, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm going to work out because I, yeah. and, or, or somebody said, you know, once I get in the pool, I know I'm going to swim a certain amount. So it's understanding the, the, uh, the breaking point and then giving your per, per self permission to not be perfect with it. So yeah. like, so the, the thing I've done to convince myself to work out every morning is I tell myself I'm going to walk on the treadmill while I watch TV. Yeah. Well, that's not intimidating and it's not hard and I'm not, well, once I get on the treadmill, I often run. 
right? So I've convinced myself to go downstairs by telling myself I'm going to walk. But once I'm down there, I'm doing the things I need to do. And I think those are little hacks that you were talking about that help you, you know, kind of take the small steps that move you forward. Yeah, no, I like that. And it makes like big results. And people, I think that's a good thing to emphasize. It doesn't always have to be like this huge event that happens in your life. It can be these little moments in your life that add up and through consistency get you the result of what you want. But you've gone into quite a couple of details about things that have helped support you with consistency. But is there like any other tools, maybe people in your life? Because I think that's important too as well. Or maybe things that you have now in your current workflow that help you create uh, content consistently for yourself and your business. Yeah. So the thing that I don't give uh, credit enough is our team here. Um, I think getting started, I had a team that helped me edit. At this point, I'm doing a lot of that now, but having a supportive team around you that take the things off your plate, like, you know, again, I think in entrepreneurship, it's hard because you feel like you have to do everything. Um, Being able to delegate some of the things that I'm not as good at so Mm -hmm. that I have the time to do the things that only I can do. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've gotten a little bit better at in the last few years is looking at uh, my calendar, looking at the business and saying, what are the things that I'm, I'm the best person and I'm the only person who can do that. Now it might be meeting with a vendor. It might be going to speak at a conference. It might be creating this piece of content. Those are things that I'm only I can do. Right. right. Um, but there's a ton of other things that not only could somebody else in the building do, but they're better at <laughs> than, than me anyway. Right. Um, and so that's a piece. Um, content calendar is, is one of the things that people uh, talk about a lot. Um, and, and I think that's really powerful is just saying, kind of setting it up, telling the audience, telling yourself that on Wednesdays, there's going to be delivering marketing joy. Yep. On Fridays, promo up front is coming out Friday, come hell or high water. Um, Bill and I talk a lot about this. It's like, it, it, I think it was, was it last year? I think that, you know, Friday, it was Christmas day, but there's a promo up front. On really? Christmas day. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause it was Friday. Yeah. Um, and I think that that it builds uh, integrity, integrity with your audience builds their trust, but it builds it with you too. It's like, no, I said, I'm going to do this. And I think that that's something that's missing in our culture today, not all over, but I think it's something that could certainly be strengthened is by God, I shook your hand. My word is my bond. I said, Friday will be there on Friday. Um, and so th- those are things, and I don't know that that's a specific hack, but establishing that calendar and then being willing to, no matter what, come and show up on that day. Even again, back to the perfection thing, even if it isn't my best work, I'm still going to be there. And so, and usually by showing up and trying to do the work, you end up doing good work anyway, but it's getting yourself, giving yourself permission to not be perfect helps you start. So delegation, scheduling out, and then also as well, just honoring again, like that commitment. And also, I don't you feel as well, like, even if you show up on those days where, like you were saying before, like, it may not be your best work, or you feel like it might not be your best work because of whatever, like external circumstances, you often look back on those moments, and you feel proud, like you feel a sense of pride in yourself. And and I think that's a big thing, too. It's like your own kind of like, internal reward of like, yeah, I stuck to it. I did it, you know? Well, it's a couple of things. Number one, one of the best ways to build your self-confidence is, is to keep promises with yourself. Yep. 
right? Like just keep promises with yourself. Keeping promises with other people is important, but if you want to build your own self-confidence, it's doing that. And then the other piece that pops into my head is we don't know who's always listening or watching. Um, I think, you know, I've talked about this in the past. Like, let's say you start a blog post or a video or a podcast and you've got 20 listeners. And then the next week there's 20 listeners. And the next week there's 20 listeners. They're not the same 20, like almost never. Now maybe five or 10 of them are the same, but the other 10 are, they're different each time. And so that audience is growing, even if you don't know it, um, that, that was, um, that became evident to me after doing the podcast for a year or so. Um, Bill and I ended up, it was actually the, the ASI or the PPI show, excuse me, in Vegas. And people were coming up to us and talking to us about this. And I'm like, I didn't know any of these people. And it, that's when it occurred to me. I'm like, well, we might have a thousand or 2000 or 3000 people listening, but they're not the same, you know, thousand or 2000, they're different each week. And Mm -hmm. so that the audience is almost always bigger than you think it is. Even if the numbers don't feel big as you get started. Can I also ask as well, like for somebody who has been going at this for so long and is so prolific and has been consistent, is there any episode, blog post, podcast, like speaking engagement that has just like, you're like, man, like, look at this. Like I did this. I'm really proud that I did this. I don't know if I could pick out one um, just because there've been a lot. I think probably the one that pops into my head that I talk about, like, and is, is episode 100 of Delivering Marketing Joy, uh, Seth Godin actually agreed to be a guest. And that was kind of a cool culmination of, hey, you, you um, encourage me to keep going. Yeah. And then at 100, he agreed. He's been on twice now. Um, and so those are good because I think it, it, I asked him early. <laughs> like, like I was asking him way early and he was... It, he was writing back no in the most kind way. Like it was, he was very respectful or whatever. And so when he encouraged me to keep going and then a hundred episodes, again, that's two years, right? Yeah. Like that's two years. Uh, he, he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll show up. I'm like, to me, that was really, okay. I'm on, like two years in, I'm on to something. Yeah. And um, so that, but, uh, and I, I, as a side note, I think I'd be remiss if I, you know, doing the podcast with Bill every week, doing something like that consistently with somebody else who lives in a completely different state and being able to keep it up over the course of years. um, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the conversations that Bill and I have around the industry that I think we started it with the idea that we're going to talk about the stuff that is like the parking lot conversation. You know how like in every meeting, there's the meeting and then there's yeah. the parking lot meeting, which is really about the shit that's going on. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to do that. And I'm, I'm proud that we have done that over a, just, and I know that's not a single episode, but I'm proud that we've done that. No. And I'm glad that you mentioned both. I think they're both like just great moments in your career. And I feel like, especially the one with Seth, but I'm really glad that you mentioned Bill, because I wanted to ask you is, um, I feel like I have never seen, unless I have overlooked this kind of the story of how you guys got together. Cause I feel like, you know, finding a partner, you know, like it's hard enough to find somebody that you want to do business with, but somebody to do consistently, you know, that you get along with that complements one another. And I feel like you guys are such a good yin and yang. Like I listen to your podcast on Fridays. I always enjoy it. I always think it's great content. So like what brought you guys together? So this is, this is funny. I'm probably not going to do this story justice. Bill tells it better. Than <laughs> I do, but 
Um, so Bill and I actually worked together at Halo. Oh, um, okay. So, and, and we didn't always get along there. Um, so it, Bill, I think, tells it that we've been friends for 15, or we've known each other for 15 years and been friends for seven, right? Like <laughs> um, something like that. So, but so when we both left Halo, mm -hmm. um, we weren't friends. We, what we didn't really, not that we didn't like dislike each other. We just did, we didn't get along necessarily and we didn't hang out or any of that sort of thing. Well, as I was kind of starting DMJ and breaking out on my own with Hosman Marketing, he was launching Brandivate. And it's, it's a great story about social media actually, because both of us were creating content. Bill was writing a blog, I think twice a week at the time. Mm -hmm. I was doing this DMJ thing. And he, I, I, I'll give him the credit. He started commenting on my um, interviews. And as you know, when you create content, sometimes you're just starved for any kind of feedback, right? Like, and so Bill was always really kind. And then, so then I would reciprocate. He wrote a blog post, I'd read it, comment on it, share it, you know, and yeah. we actually sort of redeveloped our friendship um, sort of through social media. And, and, and then we both uh, did the promo kitchen thing and we started doing content together there. And we did a thing called salt and pepper where we just literally debated, um, like he'd take one side of an issue, I'd take another side and we'd argue in a blog. Yeah. And we did that live and it sort of evolved into, and it was really fun because we didn't know the topics and it evolved into unscripted and then now it's promo up front. And uh, yeah, what you said is exactly right because Bill, I don't know that I could do a, a weekly podcast with somebody else. Bill does such a great job of not only coming with topics and, and being a great host, but he drives the bus on the details and, and kind of keeps me on task. And so you're hundred percent right in getting the right partner in doing something like that yeah. is not only hard, but it's incredibly important. And so Bill's perfect in that sense for me. I love that though. I love how you guys like came together, how it was like just such a natural kind of like fit and everything, but yeah, yeah, no, great job. Like I said, everything that I've seen you guys do together, it's always engaging. It's always like cool. So very, very Thank cool you. that you guys have stayed committed to that. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I know you're always looking for new resources for your audience. So I wanted to ask you, and I just want to make sure that I get the title right. It's called better business. You correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, tell me a little bit more about better business. You. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, I think, uh, better business you it's betterbusinessu.com and so people okay. can go there and learn about it but it's essentially an online learning in, uh, university okay. uh, for entrepreneurs entrepreneurial people sales people that sort of thing we wanted to create something that was affordable going back and getting an MBA is so expensive um, there's we're it's such a tipping point yes. for that <laughs> um, so we've created this with a yearly subscription and the yearly subscription is 219 bucks and you get access to every um, every course on there and we'll be adding more courses. And so um, the response so far has been really good. Um, and now I'm actually at that point where I'm excited to add a few more courses as we go. And so, yeah, that's, it's been, we've got uh, courses on social media, how to do that right. Uh, building a website that works. Uh, you know, I did a content, or I did a whole thing on how to get more done, which is kind of talking to that, uh, the productivity and personal development side. There's, um, I think there's like six or seven courses right now and we're going to be adding more. So yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. 
Now you in developing this, like, is this something that's going to be a strict offering just for promo? Are you trying to help entrepreneurs like more generally for an audience? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's obviously like sometimes you develop an idea and you don't always have like every I dotted, every T crossed, (laughs) but for you, like, you know, is there going to be a schedule where you're like, you know, maybe quarterly we drop like six courses or something Mm -hmm. like that? Um, yeah, no, that's a great question. So I, I, I'll be honest, we started with entrepreneurs in mind. Now, okay. a lot of the folks who follow our content tend to be in promo. So entrepreneurs in the promo industry, it's totally appropriate for them. But I, you know, like it, one of the courses is how to utilize branded merchandise to grow your business. Well, that's, I mean, people in our industry, hopefully uh, know <laughs> how to do that, right? Um, but I, I want this to be appropriate for anybody. So uh, anybody who's starting a business or trying to grow a business, entrepreneurs in general is probably who it is. And then I don't have a specific um, calendar of when I'm adding uh, classes or courses, but I've got literally behind the computer, I've got a whiteboard with ideas on new nice. courses that are coming up. So yeah, that's, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, it's one of those projects that as much content as I created, I, I said that this is the biggest, I, that I most stress I've ever had in putting something out there. Um, and so when it kind of went out, it, it was, it was super rewarding. Yeah. I was looking at it and I thought I was like, this is so cool because honestly, the more information that can be out there, especially, um, that's not gated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's really hard sometimes to find good quality resources, especially when you're just starting out. And I like that you're also kind of like, you know, I wonder what will come of that for you and your business. What other mm-hmm. opportunities since you're kind of opening yourself up to a more non-specific audience, like entrepreneurs, but not necessarily in promo. Yeah. So is there anything else that you plan to kind of like add into that outside of courses? Like, will there be retreats? Will there be masterminds, Mm -hmm. workshops, that kind of stuff? That is a great question. So I think the next step, again, I think next step really is um, developing more courses. I want to make sure my big thing is, is if somebody pays for this, I want them to feel like they've gotten 10 times their money's worth. And so one of the ways I feel like I can do that is by getting more and more courses out there. So when they get in, they're like, okay, this is worth 10 times $200, no big deal. I think the next evolution of this might be live events. Um, where we could bring in um, uh, additional speakers. Obviously, I would be one of the speakers, but uh, there are other people doing the coursework. Um, Doing those in person, I think, would be a great, um, not not the word substitute, but uh, addition to the online learning. So that, to me, that's sort of the next step. That's awesome. Alex, I'm excited to see that blossom and like see the progression for your business. So is there anything else that you would like to add about that before we go into our final fun question? <laughs> no, that's good. I, I, I would say that if people want to check it out, it's, it's just betterbusinessu.com. And okay. then if, if they have ideas on uh, courses that, that I should have, I would love to hear. Awesome. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. So we always end with a fun question. So I wanted to ask you if you were shipwrecked on an island, you had food and water taken care of, what's one item you would bring with you? It could be anything. Be anything at all. Not necessarily promo. It doesn't have to be logo. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, So (laughs) this is is always a fun, fun question to me because it seems so obvious that the right answer is a boat. Mm, right. <laughs> right or like a phone you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah something that would get me rescued would be the thing but without that being let's let's assume that you're saying no 
that you, you, there isn't a phone a friend version of this. I, I, this is going to sound kind of boring, I think, um, but I think books of some sort, because um, if I'm going to be there for an extended period of time, I'm not a person who sits still super well. So uh, reading <laughs> something I enjoy. So I would say uh, some some books to to take my time until I'm rescued. That's uh, I think funny. That would probably be it. Is there like maybe to put you on the spot even more? What book would it be? Like if it's mm. a book, which what book from your library would you pull? Um, you know, one of my favorite books of all time is, I, I read a lot of nonfiction now, um, yeah. but growing up, I, uh, a lot of fiction, uh, there's a book called uh, Ender's Game, which ended up uh, being turned into a movie, but yeah. I read it years and years and years ago by Orson Scott Card. That's probably one of my favorite books of all time. The movie really? was terrible. <laughs> they often are like you know what I mean like you have your your vision in your mind of what these characters are and then you go to the movie theater and you're like everything's wrong well the thing is with that one it wasn't everything wasn't wrong they made changes in the plot that had no like the characters oh. are good that like it was like it just didn't make any sense why they made the change and I'm just like that was irritating so read the book oh. instead okay all right I'll have to <laughs> I remember like hearing that like I think it was like on my um high school like one of my mm -hmm. high school like reading lists and I just yeah. never got to it so maybe I'll check it out though yeah well thank you so much for your time you're awesome amazing as always keep up thank all so the much. amazing work that you do in our industry and thank you so much for being generous of your time it really means a lot to me Oh, I, I'm super yeah. flattered. This is one of those, I was talking to my wife about this at lunch. Uh, years and years ago, when I first started in the industry, I would reach out to ASI and PPAI because I wanted to you know, write an article or whatever, and, and I wasn't ready. Um, so the idea that it has come full circle and you're willing to ask me questions, I, I just could not be more flattered. So thanks. Oh, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you so much, Kirby. I appreciate your time and have an amazing day. Back at you. Thank you. <laughs>